welcome to today's show. And I have driven, I think about, it feels like 900 kilometers, but it might be a little bit less to come and visit Gin & Co, mm -hmm. a new gin tasting room and distillery in White River. And with me today is Tanya Cruz. Welcome to the show, Tanya. Thanks, Olga. I hope it was worth your travel. Oh, it's been a delight. And you've organized amazing accommodation here in Casterbridge. And I've, I think I've met every everybody that... <laughs> <laughs> I've met so many people in the last couple of days. It's been amazing. Yeah. Um, and I've obviously also managed to do visit a few other distilleries. So that was a bonus. <laughs> but the most important thing is to see what you've done at Gin Co. It's exciting. Um, Tell us how it all started. I mean, uh, sure. you started with with the caravan. Yeah, that's right. So I started about five years ago. Five just years ago. Five years ago now. Okay. And it was really just a hobby initially. Yeah. And then it became a passion, and then it became a, an addiction. So. An addiction. <laughs> <laughs> and we first met when uh, I think the was it the Mpumalanga. Um, tourism people took you to the Durban in Daba. That's right. Yeah. You and Frank and from Frank. Roaches. Yes, that's when right. When was that? It was two years ago. Was it two, two years, years ago? Yeah. And I was very grateful because you popped in at my house and we might have had a gin together. I can't remember that part. We but, had something. But we had something, yeah. And that's that's when we met. Yeah. So that was two. Uh, so you'd been going for three years by then. Yeah. These things just take so long. Eh? It really does. It just, yeah, I think you know how long it takes. I don't know if you'll ever jump into the, into the pit, but once you're there, it's, I think it's rewarding. It is rewarding, yeah. And now you've ended up with two businesses. <laughs> <laughs> Shame, yeah. poor Frank. Yeah. Our friend Frank passed away, was it in December, December last year? Yeah. And now uh, Tanya has bought that business, the old Rocha Winery and somehow you're going to try and incorporate into Gin & Company, Gin & Co. So. Yes, yeah. so the plan is to still be able to manufacture it as it was made in the traditional way. Um, so we will house it at Gin & Co. Um, yeah, so we're busy with that whole move and transition at the moment. Yeah, I've, I've already asked my wife the last time I was here, which must have been in also about two years ago, we did a little video with Frank. Yeah. And it's one, one of the old mobile phones okay. and uh, where he tells the story of, of the whole Richard's okay. wine story. So I hope I can still find that and we can put that up on social yeah, media. I'd love to see that. Yeah. Maybe he even has had the recipes now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, so from when you started um, Dolly, it was in a caravan, I assume yeah. for events. It was an events caravan which was made to be versatile but one of the first events I did was um, serving gin and tonics at a cricket match. So it had nothing to do with gin? It had nothing to do with gin. Oh. No. <laughs> the caravan's name was Dolly and uh, Dolly used to yeah, travel around and serve whatever but mostly the requests were for gin. So, um. Um, yeah, so then Dolly Gin was born. Okay. And um, yeah, that's how that we started to grow and get more request and more demand. And um, I then approached Frank to operate with him at Racha Wineries, and that's how we met. Okay. Yeah. So did Frank help you to develop a gin? Yes, he did, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So 
and then you just did events for a long time? Or? For a long time, it was just the event side of, of it um, mm. and marketing. So, like a lot of it was weddings and corporate events, um, markets, little farmers' markets. And um, yeah, it just slowly, steadily grew. And back in the day, I think there weren't really the coloured varieties of gin available. And so it was a new thing for the low farts, was they were used to like just drinking a clear gin. Um, yeah, but luckily we were able to change the colour of gin. <laughs> In the low farts. In the low farts. Because you have, you have got beautiful bottles, I mean those bottles, um, mm. Who came up with the design? Um, so the design was really to fit in with Dolly Caravan. Okay. So they were made to be a bit vintagey and designed to be a bit more classic. So and to fit in with Dolly. So Dolly was very neutral colours, um, and the, the the labels just made Dolly pop. So yeah. Okay. And did you have any background in in this industry? Um, in the catering or no, events, not nothing? until uh, well marketing, but not not so much um, catering. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, it was a, a few years of learning. Yeah. And a lot of time the hard way. Yeah. Um, yeah, and still, I think there's still a lot to learn. So yeah. it's exciting times ahead. So tell us a little bit about Gin and Co. What are your plans there, or what yeah. have you already done? So, um, yeah, basically, once Frank passed away. Um, I had to sort of keep the ball rolling and keep the brand out there. Um, so that's how Gin & Co was born. I had to start off um, literally from scratch. And so the vision behind it was that it would be, we'd be able to um, produce not only Dolly Gin, but other brands eventually, um, and, and offer people the opportunity to come and taste other brands of gin. Um, educate consumers, host tastings, host private events, and just to support the craft industry mostly. Mm. Okay. And the reception for your gin, first of all, in, in the Slowfeld? Yeah, the, the support's been amazing, I must say. People are very loyal. And it's been, mm. Yeah, I wouldn't have got this far without <laughs> the support. And now that you've opened the Gin & Co? Yeah, I must say, sure. It's been overwhelming. Has it? Yeah. And you open mainly during we, the day yeah so we open um, seven days a week uh, mostly during the day and then open in the evenings for private events and functions okay yeah. okay and the, talk, let's talk a little bit about the center here because it is a unique center it really is and i think we're so lucky to have something like this in, in our area um, there's a lot of artisanal people that um, have stores here it's very boutique not mainstream at all so it does attract a certain clientele which is exactly where we want to be so yeah. for us it's the right fit yeah. Um, yeah, and we also have a lot of visitors that pass through because it's on route to the Kruger and the scenic touristic um, uh, venues around this area so we are yeah, very fortunate with where we're located and I think the centre is a great value add for the town and the province as a whole. Yeah, and I think White River is on the up, it's a boom, booming town, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. It's one of the best um, schools in the country, it's based on White River and that attracts a lot of um, people, especially from the cities. They commute, they end up um, having families that live here and then they commute during the week. So it's a good lifestyle option for, for a lot of people. Okay. It certainly feels nice and it, it looks beautiful here. Um, how far are you from the Kruger here? 
Um, the closest gate is Numbi Gate, which is about half an hour's drive. So it's really very, very accessible. Very accessible, here. yeah. Okay, and how have the how, how's the response been from the locals with the with the opening of the tap room or the tasting room? Uh, it's been great. Have you, got, have you got regulars already? <laughs> we, we, uh, I think the regulars would have liked it to have been a gin bar as such. Yes. So we've had a lot of requests for gin bars, but yeah, we don't want to be in that league. Unfortunately, we just want to keep it as tasting room at this stage. Um, so yeah, it's definitely um, the weekend spot for locals to come through yeah. during the day and. Yeah. Because you, you've got a young family and that's priority, Absolutely, yeah, and it's, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's hard work, as it is. As it is, yeah. Yeah, um, running the show, so yeah. Just, yeah, you need to, I think, have a balance. So yeah. still trying to figure that all out, but we will get there. Yeah, and then you've, you've also bought a distillery. There's a massive, some massive tanks in there. What is yeah. it, and uh, when are you going to be able to start using those? Oh. So our still is arriving at the end of November and um, hopefully beginning of Jan we'll be able to start producing and then we'll be in full production. So some really exciting plans ahead and um, yeah we plan to be able to ferment and to then distill our own alcohol on site. So yeah it's a big challenge. you want to do the whole thing? Yes absolutely. We're so remote as it is so it just will make life easier if nothing else, um, to be able to do it from scratch. Yeah. Well, we now visited uh, Moba Distillery in Malalan. They said they're so remote, they even got a laser cutter to make their own boxes. Yeah, they, They've got their own printers, they print their own labels, they print the labels for their boxes. Yeah. It's just uh, another level. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay, and where can people taste your gin now? Have you got have you, have you got it in a few outlets? Um, we're still very much just uh, White River, Nelspreet, Dalstrom, um, Hazy View areas, um, and we plan on expanding once we have production up. So at this stage, mostly just our uh, yeah, local, yeah, in our local stores and restaurants. Well, um, can we talk a little bit about Frank's uh, Retro mm. wines? So tell us a little bit about that product. It's a so yeah, traditionally it was an orange wine yeah. back in the day in 1959 when it was established. Uh, yeah, 60 years ago. Sure. And um, it was a German settler that came to the area and um, yeah, he's, he was tasked with making um, wine for the, for the community church. He was a missionary and um, when he got here he realized there weren't any grapes so he started making this orange wine. And um, yeah, that was that was the beginning of it. So um, the business was sold, uh, I think, in 1984 to um, another couple from White River, who then continued with it, and then their interests uh, got diversed. So they sold to to Frank, and um, he had it for quite a number of years, and he developed a few of his own brands within the Rocha Winery's um, umbrella. Yeah, and um, he changed the recipe slightly and adapted it over time. So, yeah, and he, you know, he passed away in December, so everything came to a standstill. And, um, yeah, so lucky enough to be able to buy the business from the States recently. And very big shoes to fall because, yeah. um, unfortunately, they aren't, can't seem to trace any recipes. <laughs> But um, luckily, the previous owners are still about and seem to recall one or two things. So <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a bit of a process, but we'll, we'll get there. We'll, we'll figure, figure it out. out. Yeah. 
And the products, um, as they are now, I mean, it's it's like a, what do you call it? It's like a port wine, nearly. Yeah, it's like a dessert wine. Yeah. Um, but it's also really good if you um, want to drink it as a spritzer, like okay. a soda, or even with tonic. It's, it's really refreshing with tonic as well. So those will all be available at Gin & Co. in the future? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And then the whole Slurfeld thing, gin, um, Frank made a Slurfeld gin, is that oh, something that's... Yeah, so what he did was he took the alcohol out of his wines and, and made this um, Slurfeld gin, which was then citrus-based gin. Okay. And um, he had three different flavours. He had um, strawberry and black pepper, the plain citrus, and then the wooded gin. At that stage, he was the first wooded gin in the world. Um, which that one is my favourite. Okay. Yeah, it's really it's very smooth and yeah, I think it's proud, proudly slow felt. Yeah. So definitely like to keep that brand going as well. Yeah. So slow felt has taken become kind of a brand and absolutely yeah in, the, in this area obviously with the low felt and everybody being a, not <laughs> not as much in a rush as in Joburg. Um, I like the way you put that. <laughs> so what is that all about? I mean, people have been starting to make T-shirts and everything, so it's it's more than just a gin. Absolutely, yeah. So um, Slowfoot has become a brand, and they've uh, areas printed shirts. There's a whole marketing campaign around it, and websites, and it's become like a culture, the Slowfoot culture. So can I can I quickly whisper in your ear? Maybe you should get a Slowfoot beer as well. <laughs> Are you interested in making some beer here? No, I think you get one of the local <laughs> brewers to make it for you. Yeah, that's worth, <laughs> worth looking into. Yeah, and then yeah. you can serve it in your bar, I mean, in your tasting room. <laughs> yeah, I'm also one of those that likes the gin bar, bar concept. Yes. Um, yeah, but you obviously need somebody to run it. Yes, absolutely, yeah. Um, our, our local gin bar in Belita, um, in season, well, Alex works till three o'clock in sure. the morning. Yeah, yeah. But it's wow. the busiest bar in the whole centre. Sure. Yeah. So that sounds very exciting, and um, yeah, I think people. I want to encourage people to come and visit you if you, if they're in the area, and come and taste do a gin tasting. And Tanya also supports the other distillers in the area. We've, we've just got some rum from. Absolutely, mobile rum. I'm so excited about that. So we're going to learn all about rum and how to do the perfect rum tasting soon. Because mobile rum is different to normal rum. It's not made from molasses. It's made from the local sugarcane juice on his farm. And it's not something that South Africans uh, have embraced. But the French have. So everything that he makes goes to (laughs) France. Uh, We can't let the French have it all. No, we we need to keep a little bit for ourselves. And so that's available here. You've got some of the other local gins. So that's that's what I like about the craft industry, embracing other people, embracing the other other producers, yeah. And uh, maybe one day you could have a gin fest here with all the other guys. That would be, sure, that would be awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. because it is such a nice destination. No, it really is. People like, I mean, the whole... I nearly said the whole of Limpopo, but my trip to Limpopo was just as exciting. It's so beautiful. Yeah. Um, this whole region. Yeah. Okay, Tanya, thanks for hosting us here and for having us. That was really nice spending time with you, and thank you for all the inspiration. And yeah, and we hope we can keep. And if you, see, if if listeners, if you see some good ideas, yeah, put put get in touch with us or in, with Tanya and. Yeah, reach out. Where can people find you? 
So we have a website uh, just called ginncompany.co.za okay. or otherwise on Facebook, Gin and Co. And Tanya is too busy to be on Facebook, but she'll respond <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> How do you try? Yeah. Thanks, yeah. Tanya. Thanks, thanks so for much, listening. Olga. And to all the listeners, thanks for joining us today. Thanks so much. Cheers. Cheers.